like insurance companies, for example. There's a few big ones that have a couple of jingles that I'm sure all of us can recite off, you know, off of memory here. They're not so focused at that moment when they're showing you this advertisement of, hey, come make a purchase from us, get insurance from us. Uh, it's more so creating that awareness. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shellerud from Ad Advance, and today I am joined by Tony Miller. So Tony was on some previous podcasts and wanted to have him come back on. So Tony, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me again, Joe. Great to be back. Yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so today what we want to talk about is walking through the DSP funnel in more detail and really focusing on more like upper funnel strategies and what we're looking at. So those are some key things that we're going to be digging into. Tony, before we get into that, I know you gave a quick intro before on the previous episodes, but uh, maybe just real quick intro on you for those who didn't catch those last ones. Yeah, for sure. So I am Tony Miller. I am one of the great account executives at Ad Advance here. I've been working here for, I guess, coming up on two years. So really, you know, over the last year dove into to the Amazon DSP piece and, you know, really excited to, to talk more on that subject today. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for those who are watching on video, Tony is just rocking the Ad Advance uh, gear with the hat and the shirt on. So... I like it. Perfect. <laughs> Represent. <laughs> yeah, looking good, looking good. Yeah. So, Tony, when we talk about the DSP funnel, just kind of walk us through what we're what we're talking about and how you picture it or explain it to different clients when you're implementing DSP. Definitely. So with that, you know, the DSP funnel, it, it's really the purchase journey that shoppers take to eventually make a purchase of something. Um, this isn't unique to Amazon or DSP. It's just overall how people make purchases. So quick plug to our website at advance.com. We've got an awesome interactive DSP funnel built into our Amazon DSP page. I recommend checking it out, but it's, it's really just explaining the, the whole shopper's journey. You know, it starts off at the very top where, you know, people may not even know you about your brand, your company that you even exist. You know, you're, you're more so driving awareness at that point saying, Hey, we're out there. This is our product and this is why it's awesome. Um, you know, as, as you work your way down the funnel, people get more familiar with your product, uh, with your brand. They're maybe interacting a little bit, have a little bit of curiosity, showing some interest in, in what you have to offer. And then as you, you get towards the bottom of the funnel, you know, you're, you're more looking for that engagement, those purchases, people actually taking action based on the interest that they've showed. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And so like Tony said, so if you go to the website at advanced.com and just click on our DSP page, there, there's a good visualization of the funnel. If you're a visual person, this may be helpful as you're listening to the podcast. And as Tony described, you know, just picture a funnel. And at the top of the funnel, really what we're looking at is we're at more of the awareness stages. So we're trying to get people initially aware of our brands and our products. And as we proceed down the funnel, there's going to be some people who show more and more interest and proceed closer to the purchase point. So at the bottom of the funnel is kind of that purchase stage. So at the top of the funnel, really focused on that awareness and kind of drawing them in more towards the funnel and then pushing them to the sales at the bottom of the funnel. 
And as we keep going through these different pieces, we get more and more targeted to. And so that's the other piece of the funnel, upside down triangle. As you keep going, you start out pretty broad at the top, and then you can get much more focused at the bottom based off of different information that we have that they're showing interest or have completed certain actions. Then we can move them to a different stage of the funnel, all with the key goal of really proceeding to the sale overall. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if we talk about the funnel, just kind of walk us through some of the key strategies. You know, we can walk us through a couple like the bottom of funnel strategies, but then let's kind of work our way up to the upper funnel strategies because that's where we get a lot of questions on. Right, right. So like Joe mentioned, the bottom of the funnel, it's it's more that engagement, you know, really driving towards a purchase at the end of the day. Um, a couple of our bottom of funnel strategies, you know, are, are going to be retargeting in a couple of different ways. And I know this is touched on previous episodes, so maybe some repeat information for our uh, loyal listeners out there. But, you know, we're, we're really looking at people who have interacted with your product, but maybe haven't taken action or haven't taken a, a repeat action over a certain period of time. So mm-hmm. we're looking at people there who have, have interacted with your product detail page. They've shown some interest in your product at one point or another, but they haven't quite made that purchase yet. So, you know, we can can retarget those users with ads to eventually drive them to make that purchase. You know, get them back to the detail page, make the purchase. Great. The other piece of that is repeat purchases. You know, you think of consumables. After a certain period of time, that it, that product is likely gone. It's it's expired. It's you've eaten it, drank it, you name it. You need to make another purchase. You need to make you know use it again, and you know we can re reengage those shoppers with retargeting ads as well based on their purchase behavior. Working up the funnel, you know you can get into some competitor retargeting where somebody is has an interest or has made a purchase of a product similar to yours. It's in the same category. It's it's really just a substitute. They may not know that your brand exists. They may be more loyal to a different brand. So just showing them, hey, you know we know that you're interested in this in this category, these series of products. Here's ours, and this is why ours is great. Um, and you should purchase ours versus the competitors. Sure. Working your way even further up the funnel, then you just get into the more so in-market lifestyle audiences where based on your activity, Amazon can say, you are interested in XYZ category. The shopper may not even know that you exist, though. They may not know that your brand is there, that your product is there. So it really gets more more about the awareness, letting people know, hey, I exist, and this is my product. Yeah, yeah. So just to kind of break it down, too. So Tony gives some awesome examples. So if we talk about the very bottom of the funnel, it's people who have had interactions with your product whether it's viewing the product detail page or whether it's purchasing your product already. And so these are going to be the most likely to convert again because they've shown direct interest in your product as a whole. As we work our way up the page, so now if we're talking about targeting competitors, well, they haven't seen our products, so we have a little bit more of a hurdle to go over to get them introduced to our brand and our products, but we know that they're probably in market for the products that we sell since they went to our competitor's page and didn't purchase from our competitor and haven't purchased from us previously. So that's proceeding a little bit more up the funnel. So we've got a little bit more of a hurdle there to get them interested to drive them to the sales side and get drive them to the purchase. And then as we keep going further up the funnel, now it's people who are showing general interest. And so they haven't necessarily visited our competitors yet or us, but we know that you know based off of 
of different browsing behaviors or other products that they've searched for, they may be interested in our product. So, you know, for instance, like an example I always go back to. So if somebody's interested in running stuff, like that could be a good category. Like right now I'm training for a marathon this summer. And so I would probably be falling in that market. And so there may be products that I haven't browsed for yet, but may definitely want to purchase going forward. And it would make sense to target me with those ads. So that, that's kind of the perspective. It's like bottom of funnel, who's interacted with our products? Next stage is, okay, who's interacted with similar products or has shown interest to purchase a product that we sell or a product like what we sell in the near future? And then as you proceed further up the funnel, now it's more general interest where they might not be ready to purchase right now, but they could be in the future, especially if they hear more about our brand and our products. And so that's where upper funnel strategies really come into play. It's those people who may not be ready for that immediate purchase, but could definitely be interested. And then if they show more interest, now we start working them more down the funnel. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So as we look at like upper funnel strategies, Tony, Matt and I did an episode kind of talking through upper funnel strategies, but we got some questions on it too. And there's a lot of interest in like, how do you gauge performance? How do you set these up? How do you approach upper funnel strategies? How broad do you go? How narrow do you go? Just kind of walk me through the process when you're getting DSP set up for a client that we're working with. Like, how do you approach that overall? Yeah, so that, you know, we, we really want to figure out what is our ultimate goal here? What are we trying to accomplish? Based on that, that, that can help us dictate what we're doing with these upper funnel strategies. Thinking about it, you know, we're, we're likely going after in-market or lifestyle audiences, which, you know, based on what we see from Amazon, they're massive. You know, you can, you can serve your ads to millions of people in a single day. You know, the audience size is 15 to 20 million people. It's huge. So... You know, it's really about generating that awareness at this stage, getting getting your brand, your product, everything out there. Um, but, you know, there are ways to go about kind of making those audiences smaller as well. You know, and it really depends, like I said, on on what are our goals and objectives? What do we have to work with in terms of a, a of an advertising budget as well? You know, can do we have to be more restrictive or are we really just going after a, a true brand building effort and, and letting the world know that we're out there? Sure. Um, so, I mean, you know, looking at these in-market lifestyle audiences, like I said, they're they're massive. But at the same time, one of the cool things that we're able to do with DSP is layering multiple audiences on top of one another. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, if you go into your brand analytics page and take a peek at the demographics section and you notice that, you know, maybe men interact and, and purchase your product more than women do or vice versa, um, you know, there's a number of different options there. You can layer different audiences on top of one another to have a more focused awareness campaign. You know, we're, we're still putting our brand and product out there in front of a ton of people, but becoming a little bit more, more I guess, budget conscious at that point, really, and, and saying, hey, let's get a bit more focused on, on who exactly we're targeting there. Sure, sure. Yeah, and as we're analyzing how far to go up the funnel too, like, one of the key pieces that we start with is the product itself and the brand. And so some prereqs to consider when you're looking to go up funnel. If we look at upper funnel strategies, they're not going to have as, as high of an immediate return in terms of like ROAS or ACOS. And the reason is that we're, we're going broader 
and we're trying to draw people into the brand. And so one prereq for this is that your lifetime value of your customer, you have to have a solid lifetime value of your customer, um, which usually means you have to have like a solid brand. And so if you have different products that are similar and people will say like cross purchase from you. Or say you have a really high ticket item that has pretty solid margins, those people may need more time to make that purchase. You know, a $20 purchase, I go and I purchase right away. If it's a $900 purchase, it's going to take me a lot more time in browsing to go through too. And so the key thing is that like, if you're really tight on margins doing lower funnel strategies, upper funnel strategies are probably not going to be a good fit for you. And so really the key thing is we either need margins or we need that higher lifetime value of the customer to really help sustain these higher funnel strategies. But then once you find higher funnel strategies that work, like the the capabilities and the number of people that are there, it's just endless. You know, key focus is first is building up that solid brand, those solid products, um, or making sure that you've got the margins to be able to support it. But then if you can get up to these upper funnel strategies and really build on them, there's so much opportunity in bringing in so many more customers for you too, just because these audiences are huge. Right. Definitely. You know, and, and mentioning those, those performance metrics, I, you touched on it briefly there. You know, we, we really kind of get, get away from the return aspect when we're looking at these upper funnel strategies, the in-market lifestyle stuff, you know, we're at that point more, more concerned with awareness, you know, how many impressions are we serving to people? You know, how many, how many detailed page views are we getting out of this, which, you know, those are great and helps fuel and feed the, the bottom funnel strategies then as well. Um, you know, taking a look at, at search term reports, are we seeing a lift in branded searches over time because of these campaigns? And sure. one of the things that I like to, to you know, relay to my clients when, when having these conversations is, you know, thinking about some of the day-to-day advertisements that you see, whether it be on the radio or on TV of, you know, like, like insurance companies, for example. There's a few big ones that have a couple of jingles that I'm sure all of us can recite off, you know, off of memory here they're not so focused at that moment when they're showing you this advertisement of, hey, come make a purchase from us, get insurance from us. Sure. Uh, it's more so creating that awareness that, hey, we exist. This is what we do, what we offer. When it comes time down the road, when you need our services, you know about us. You'll you know, you're in that us. consideration yep. period. Mm-hmm. And then that's what really drives home the purchase at the end of the day. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, I love the approach and really thinking through like different things that you're seeing on TV or just general advertisements as a whole. It's creating that brand awareness. Um, And then when the time is right to make the purchase, now you're thinking of them as you go. You know, our upper funnel strategies are typically much more targeted. You know, we're looking at the really big players right now, which is extremely broad as you go. And they're typically very general (laughs) products. What we can do is start moving in that direction, but use the filters that we have available because typically, you know, we're going to be budget constrained. We're never going to be able to show ads to the whole $200 million huge life cycle (laughs) audience, or we can, but it doesn't make sense. Um, So that's where really fine tuning and putting those filters in where even though we're going upper funnel, we're going broader, we're not going super broad. And so every step of the funnel is just getting a little bit more and more broad, but still staying as targeted as we can while reaching as many people as we can. Definitely. So like walk me through some of the types of filters that you'll apply 
like over in market audiences or how do you segment or filter some of these down? So just any, any examples that you have or general examples that you typically look at? Yeah. So a couple things come to mind, you know, a couple minutes ago, I mentioned the demographics piece. There's all sorts of demographic audiences out there that, you know, help you get more targeted as you're going after these higher funnel strategies. Check out your brand analytics. That's got some great information. Maybe you've got information, um, you know, from different platforms as well that you could cross utilize on, on Amazon. Another thing that comes to mind is, is really just putting your dollars in front of people who, you know, truly are at that top of funnel stage. This comes with you know, setting negatives or, or negating audiences, you know, so I can say, Hey, I'm going to target a, a, you know, Joe as a runner, not Joe specifically, but his audience, people interested in running. Um, if Joe or any other runners out there have already made a purchase of my product, I don't want to continue to spend ad dollars to make them aware. Sure. You know, they're already aware. They know who we are. They've made a purchase before. So what I can do is, is take those lower funnel audiences of people who have made a purchase and negate them. That way, you know, we're, we're again, narrowing down further our targeted audience and, and really being more efficient with that ad spend. Sure. Yep. And then say I go and I purchase that product. So I'm negated from the initial higher funnel strategies trying to get me introduced to the brand, right. but now we can focus more on like cross purchases or different things like that to drive up the lifetime value of me Definitely. <laughs> purchasing from that brand. Yep. 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 And, and I think those segments are, are really huge. And what we're doing with DSP is we're using the more targeted specific information, making sure we're using all those bottom or mid funnel strategies first, because those are going to lead to more sales. And then once we've tapped out on what we have available there in terms of audience data, now we can keep working our way up. But using filters like that to make sure that we're still getting as targeted of an audience as possible. I feel like that's where some people get burned with DSP is that, you know, there's these huge audiences you can target and they sound so great. And right. there's tens to hundreds of millions of people, but they can be so broad that instead of focusing and trying to show your ad to each of those 200 million people once, let's find a more targeted audience and now we can increase our frequency to try to increase our brand presence because what we know for a lot of these ads especially on the upper funnel side is that you need the frequencies to go along with it to work your way down the funnel um, so instead of going super broad and narrow let's really take a more focused approach and then go deeper there right yeah and so some cool things too, like, and actually before I get into this, so if you're looking at upper funnel strategies, so you're walking through this with the client, like walk me through some of the things that you're specifically looking at to be able to communicate if this is working or if this is not. Right. So kind of going back to those, those metrics that we're going to be paying attention to. You know, as we as we get up the funnel, further up the funnel, you become less ROAS focused, you know, more focused on other metrics of of really just, you know, showing interaction and engagement with your product. You know, so things like impressions, just just simply saying, hey, I've served this many impressions to to so many people is great in, in spreading that awareness. Um, you know, then really you're, you're almost looking more so for that engagement piece too. Sure. So that's where it gets to, you know, click throughs with, with DSP, you don't necessarily have to click on the ad. So, you know, you may see less volume in terms of clicks, but then you can also get then to detail page views. What is your detail page view rate based on, on, you know, the, uh, 
the ads that you're serving here. Sure. Are you seeing increased brand awareness, you know, more people searching for your branded branded terms? You know, some of those metrics really help to kind of tell the story that, hey, you know, we are serving our ads to such a broad audience, but hey, here's, here's the number of people that are actively engaging now with our brand, yep. searching for our brand more, um, you know, really working them down the funnel at the end of the day. Sure. Yep. Yeah. And so these are all the, the key metrics that we've we've historically looked at. So Amazon has been rolling out this thing called Amazon Marketing Cloud. Matt and I are going to be hitting on this in future episodes too. But what this allows us to do is essentially Amazon Marketing Cloud allows us to pull much more complex reports um, and combine uh, different browsing behavior between like say DSP and sponsored ads too. And, and so one key question we've had from a lot of clients is like, okay, that's great. We can see the impressions and we can see the detailed page views and everything else like that, but I can't correlate it all the way to the sale. And right. so using last touch attribution, whether it's the last view or the last click, that last action gets attributed to the sale. And so these upper funnel strategies, they may not be the last ad that you see as you get further down the funnel. Maybe you finish off with like a sponsored products ads or a lower funnel DSP ad, and then you make the purchase. Well, that ad gets credit for it. But may, one of these upper funnel strategies, one of these upper funnel ads may have introduced you to that brand. And without that ad, you never would have made that final purchase. So what Amazon Marketing Cloud allows us to do is kind of really parse through the data and find these pieces. So for instance, we can track the full customer journey now and we can see what ads they saw initially that finally led to the sale. And it's pretty cool. Like we see somewhere it's like, holy, they saw like five or six different <laughs> ads from different strategies right. um, before they completed the purchase. Or we can look at like overlapping data to see, all right, if they just saw sponsored ads, they converted at this rate. If they just saw DSP, they converted at this rate. But when we combine them together, now they convert at a much higher rate. You can do first touch analysis. So instead of the last touch attribution, you can actually do first touch attribution. So you can see which ads are really leading to overall sales. So again, this is just kind of a preview for another podcast that Matt and I are going to dig into and in going through Amazon Marketing Cloud. But as a little sneak peek, it really gives you a ton of data to be able to provide and justify some more of these higher funnel strategies because that's been a key gap that we've had. We've had these corollaries that we look at like, you know, on the traffic side and the impression side and detailed page views, um, but now we're going to be able to tie that whole picture together. So some exciting stuff there that really ties in a lot of the things that Tony hit today when we're looking at these higher funnel strategies. Now we'll have even more data on how that impacts performance overall. So Tony, before we wrap up, is there any other pieces that we missed or any other items that, that you feel like we should hit? One quick thing too, I guess we, uh, we didn't really touch on OTT or streaming TV ads. You sure. know, that's, that's a, a big piece of this upper funnel piece. You know, it, it really gives you a, a great chance to engage and interact with, with shoppers out there, you know, to really tell that brand story or your product story and, and, you know, really drive that awareness and showing how great your product is and why people should make that purchase. So sure. yeah, that's, that's just one of the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. That sounds like another good podcast episode that we should do in the future. Just focusing be... on streaming TV ads. <laughs> I'd be happy to be back. All right. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, Tony, appreciate you joining the podcast today. It's awesome. Definitely. having 
having you come on again. And for all those who are listening, as always, really appreciate you listening to the podcast. If any of this stuff gets you excited or gets you interested, feel free to hop on over to adadvance.com. We can do like free account reviews and stuff like that and just talk through potential to implement some of these higher funnel strategies. We're seeing more and more brands catch on on the DSP side and just how you can utilize these pieces. Amazon's data is powerful, so we're seeing a ton of opportunity. That's why we love talking about it. So if you see any potential, feel free to reach out. And as always, really appreciate you taking the time to listen. We'll see you on the next episode of the Ad Project Podcast.